0: Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to the new Height Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Today we have a pretty full show for you. Today's topic is smallpox. It's a continuation of my virus versus um, bacteria series, so I hope you enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> just a quick reminder. This show is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to chat with me, I am on Zoom. Give us a call. It's 1-646-558-8656. That's a New York number, so your long-distance charges may apply. Our meeting ID on Zoom is 465 one seven two eight eight two. So I'm going to go ahead and get started uh, right away. Um, smallpox is actually um, a big topic. This actually may require two episodes. I'm not quite sure. It depends on how far we get today. But like I said, it's a big topic. There's a lot of information on it, so I want to get started. Um, Right away, so smallpox I'm sure everybody's heard of smallpox um, if you haven't, it was a um, disease that you know swept across actually a lot of the world. Um, <clears throat> I know that it was especially prevalent in um, the colonial days um. It's well known that, unfortunately, um, the U.S. Army, during expansion or, you know, decided that a good way to get rid of Native American tribes was to give them uh, blankets infected with smallpox. Um, Not a great moment in our history, but we're... That's just an example of how smallpox has affected um, the North American continent and, you know, a little bit about the virulence of it. So let's get started. What is the history of smallpox? So the actual origin of smallpox is still unknown. However, experts believe that it existed as early as the Egyptian empire era, um time frame it's around the third century BCE due to small um, due to smallpox like rashes found on existing m- mummies um, written descriptions of the disease however can be found in China and India in the third and uh, in the fourth excuse me the fourth and seventh century centuries respectively so again we're seeing smallpox like um, rashes on mummies but the actual written data of smallpox the first time it appears in written form where doctors start talking about it is not until the fourth or seventh centuries Um, the spread of smallpox is attributed to human expansion as i mentioned at the top of this show Uh, exploration and the creation of civilizations over the centuries Um, so again movement of people and you know changes as far as civilization, that sort of thing, um, is thought to have brought smallpox, you know, various places around the world, which I'll talk about in just a moment. Um, The history of smallpox is much too long to fit into this podcast. Like I said, there might be a part two, not sure. Um, But I'd like to point out a few key events. So... few things that happened to help smallpox grow around the world and how it progressed to what we know today. Increased trade with China and Korea in the 6th century uh, brings the virus to Japan. So again, Japan and Korea and China start to trade. Um, unfortunately, smallpox travels to Japan that way. Um <clears throat> So that's how it gets to that area of the country of the world. Arabian expansion in the in the seventh century introduces the virus to Spain, Portugal, and northern Af- Africa. Again, um, a lot of movement by um, people, you know, of Arabia uh, expanding and bringing the virus to um, Spain, Portugal, and northern Africa. This is the seventh century. Um, The 11th century, Crusades further spread the smallpox in Europe. So, again, the Crusades are another factor as well. You know, war, expansion, that sort of thing. Um, That is the 15th century. um, 11th century, excuse me, 11th century. In the 15th century, Portuguese occupation introduces smallpox into parts of Western Africa. Um, In the 16th century, European colonization and the African slave trade import. Small, uh, in, uh, I, let's start again, and the African slave trade import smallpox into the California, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. So again, uh, 16th century movement of slavery, that sort of thing. 17th century European colonization imports smallpox to North America. This is what we were talking about earlier: um, the settlers in um, from Europe coming over, primarily British, and bringing smallpox with them. In the 18th century, exploration to Great Britain, inter- uh, e- exploration by Great Britain, excuse me, introduces smallpox into Australia. So that's a brief history of how smallpox moved around the world. I'm going to take a quick break. And once we come back, we will start talking about um, some of the other things, such as the symptoms of smallpox and how a vaccine was found. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group. Educational resources to help reach your goals. Excuse me. Welcome back to the New Heights show on education. I am your host Erica Hansen. Welcome back to the show. Today we are exploring smallpox, its history and what how we eradicated it and um you know how it moved around the world. So what were the early attempts at a vaccine? Once smallpox um Traveled around the world and became quite devastating. Um, people started looking at ways to combat the virus. Um, there was early, there were early attempts at a vaccine. So one of the first methods of attempting con- to control smallpox was called variolation. It's named after the smallpox virus, which is variola. It's smallpox is the variola virus. Um, Variolation was done by scratching the surface of the skin of a non-infected person and putting infected material from a positive patient into the wound, so like pus or something like that, something that has the active virus in it. Uh, People could also inhale infected material as well. Um, In both cases, the people exposed had the symptoms of smallpox, Rash, fever. We'll get into that in a little bit later. However, fewer people died from variolation than if they had contracted the disease on their own. So, although they got symptoms from variolation, um, there fewer people actually died from the symptoms. Um, You know, whether you know, fewer died in in a. In in correlation to people who have contracted the disease in the wild, so um, the basics of vaccination began in the seventeen began in 1796, which surprised me actually. As a side note, I didn't know this started quite this early. 1796 was the date when vaccination started um, to be looked into. An English doctor named Edward Jenner observed that milkmaids who had gotten cowpox, again, not smallpox, but cowpox, but uh, milkmaids with cowpox did not show any symptoms of smallpox after variolation. Um, The the first experiment to test this theory involved a milkmaid named Sarah Nelms and James Phipps, the nine-year-old son of Jenner's gardener. Dr. Jenner took material from a cowpox sore on Nelm's hand and inoculated it into Phipps' arm. Months later, Jenner exposed Phipps to a, number, a number of times to the variola virus, but Phipps never developed smallpox. Um, the ethical ramifications of this um, experiment aside, I do find it interesting. Um, that they were looking at this avenue, like I said, this early. Um, so, yeah, I found it interesting. So, moving forward, um, despite efforts from the World Health Organization to eradicate smallpox, the plan never really took off due to lack of funding, personnel, and shortage, and a shortage of the vaccine smallpox was still widespread in such countries as Africa, South America, Asia, and Asia as late as 1966. So um, even with a vaccine um, and improvements in the vaccine, smallpox continued to be a problem for the world, around the world, um, until about 1966. So in 1967, the Intensified Education Program was created. This time, the World Health Organization was more successful. Um, they built laboratories. They were set up in countries with frequent outbreaks. These countries are considered endemic countries. Um, the These laboratories housed a better quality, better grade of vaccine, and it could be mass-produced, um, So a surveillance system was also put in place to track uh, the movement of smallpox and mass vaccination campaigns began. So basically, they started sending doctors out there and just vaccinating people with this vaccine. Uh, By the time this program was in effect in 1967, smallpox had already been eradicated in North America, which was in 1952. And Europe, which they eradicated it in 1953. In 1980, the 33rd World Health Assembly officially announced that smallpox had been eradicated. Again, eradicated means it is can no longer be the virus can no longer be found in the environment. Um, so basically, you are unable to contract smallpox just by going through your day-to-day life anymore. That's you know because there is no virus in the air. There's no virus on surfaces. It's just gone now because we have um, taken it out of commission with this uh, with this vaccine here. So I'm going to take another quick break. Um, We will be listening to some words from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School, and I will be back with more on smallpox. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So last segment, we were talking about the attempts at a vaccine for smallpox and the effectiveness of that vaccine and what happened when smallpox was eventually eradicated. Um, around 1980, the World Health Assembly officially announced that smallpox had been eradicated. Um, so I want to, I want to preface or postscript this with a note: No, smallpox is no longer in the wild. That is correct. However, um, Samples of variola virus, the smallpox vi- uh, virus, do exist in laboratories around the world. They're used to, for continued research. Um, so just because it's not out there um, in the air and, and such doesn't mean the variola virus doesn't exist. It's contained um, within a few laboratories around the world. We, we use that for research. On smallpox and other viruses. Um, So with that in mind, let's talk about the virus itself. What are the symptoms of variola virus aka smallpox? So the initial symptoms are as follows. Person infected with smallpox has fever, head and body aches, and sometimes vomiting, sometimes vomiting, um, but mostly fever and head and body aches. So this first stage lasts about two to four days and may be contagious. Um, Now we're looking at early rashes. This stage lasts about four days. A rash starts in the mouth, which eventually turns into sores with fluid carrying the virus. Then the rash appears on the skin, usually starting at the face and spreading along the arms and legs to the hands and feet. This takes about 24 hours. As the skin rash appears, the fever declines and the patient may feel better for a time. So that surprised me. I was not aware that this rash could spread so quickly. 24 hours is quite a bit, you know, quite a short time for a rash to develop all over the body. That's... Interesting, it's a new fact that I've learned. Um, So, by the fourth day, the the sores fill with an opaque fluid and the patient's fever starts to rise again. Again, this rash turns into the sores, much like they did in the mouth, and the sores start building up this um, fluid and the patient's fever starts to rise again. This fever may remain high until scabs form over the sores, and this stage is very contagious. We'll get to the scabbing over of sores in a minute here. So in the next stage, sores become pustules, which are firm, round nodules like peas under the skin. Um, This lasts for about five days. After that, the pustules begin to scab over again, scabs, as I mentioned. By the end of the second week most of the scabs have scabbed over this stage lasts about 10 days and is contagious Next the scabs fall off this stage lasts for about 6 days the patient is still contagious as the scab falls off scabs fall off permanent scars are left on the skin 3 weeks after the initial rash appears most of the scabs will have fallen off by this point so again, once we hit the rash stage, it sounds like um, smallpox is very contagious and it remains very contagious up until the very end um, of the process. So in four weeks, all of the scabs should have fallen off and the patient is no longer considered contagious. So um, again, that basically you know, says that Smallpox as a disease runs its course in about four weeks. Um, Again, people do die from this. In fact, it was a very high rate of death before a vaccine was found. Um, I, I find all of this actually very interesting. I have not actually looked into this as much as I have at this point. So... I hope you guys are enjoying this. I'm going to take another small break so we can hear a bit from NHEG, and then I'll be back with you so we can close up our episode on smallpox. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So again, this topic today is smallpox. We've gone over um, how smallpox started, what the history of travel around the world was, um, some of the symptoms of smallpox, and also the search for a vaccine for smallpox. Wrapping this up, I'd just like to end with a few notes. So I guess we did finish this topic in one episode. I was expecting a second episode, but hey, this works. So so currently, because smallpox has been eradicated, vaccinations are not recommended for the general public. However, if an outbreak should occur, The CDC has the smallpox vaccine and will administer it to to the public. Treatment for a person who already has the disease has not proven effective. However, antiviral drugs can be used to combat it. So, interestingly enough, if you already have the smallpox, um, you know, are already actively having smallpox symptoms and have the disease in in your body. Um, Interesting that the vaccine does not help in that case, and the current prescription, if you will, for treatment is to apply antiviral drugs to combat the disease until you go through it, Um, which, again, is very interesting. Um, Also interesting to note that the smallpox vaccine is not um, considered necessary. At this point, because of the disease has been eradicated, um, I did not know that. I my understanding was that children got the smallpox vaccine um, before entering school. But you know, the more you know. Um, <clears throat> again, also good to know that the CDC does have stocks of the smallpox vaccine in storage for, uh, to be deployed if smallpox ever returns. Um, and, you know, outbreaks start again. So that ends ends our discussion of smallpox today. I hope you enjoyed this topic. I thought it was a very interesting topic to cover. Um, There were a few facts about smallpox that I did not know until doing this research, so it was very informative for me. Again, my name is Erica Hansen. I am the host here at the New Heights Show on Education. If you'd like to reach me, uh, please email me at erica h erica with a k h isn't harry at newheightseducation.org i'm always open to suggestions for new topics uh, comments you know any any conversations you'd like to start again i am on zoom every week this show is live my zoom id is 465172 Eight eight two, And again, my chat's always open if you'd like to talk to me then, by all means. I'll be with you next week with another topic. And I hope you enjoy your week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and take care of yourselves.